0: So fuck that, I'm not going to do that. I mean, and what I'm talking about is I'm not going to text my uncle and tell him to watch or listen to my podcast because here's the reason why. Um, I finally made that call to the person I wanted to be, my sponsor. And I did it because that after that morning I had an appointment with my therapist. And I knew that she was gonna ask me about it. She was gonna say, uh, how's it going with the, uh, the person that you wanted to be your sponsor? Did you contact that person yet? Because you know, every week would go by and I haven't done it yet and she'd be asking me about it. So I, I didn't wanna hear that. I didn't wanna feel like I was just wasting her time, my time, not doing anything, not accomplishing anything on my own time my free time. So I called and even though I got no response, the number went to, it was uh, unavailable. I wasn't, didn't really say to leave a message, but I left a voicemail, a message. But anyway, my therapist asked me about it and I said, yes, I did, I called that person. I called, I didn't go through, but at least I called. And uh, she said, is it still the person that you, want, that you were telling me that you wanted to, to contact? And I said, "Yeah. And in fact, I know what I want to say to this person once I get him on the phone. And that is, hi, my name is such and such. And uh, I want to tell you that um, there are, are a lot of times when I'm not feeling so great, a little down, a little gloomy. You know, things are not going so well. And those are the moments when I want to pick up the phone and call my sponsor and uh, tell my sponsor what's going on, maybe get some insights and help through this situation that I'm going through, whatever it might be. And I don't pick up the phone and call my sponsor. I just white-knuckle it, and I try to take care of whatever it is on my own, by myself, without anybody helping me. And during the N.A. meeting, there was a guy there who really shed some real light on why it is nobody seems to help me. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there like, why isn't anybody helping me? And the reason is when you're so selfish and, you know, idiotic about your need to use these drugs, and, well, what happens is you isolate yourself. You tell everybody else in your own mind, you say, fuck you guys. I don't need your crap, I don't need anything from you, and I'll just take my drugs over here and I'll just be happy on my own, I don't need you guys, I'm going to be alone, isolated. So that's why nobody helps you, because you isolate yourself. I, I kind of didn't put those two together until somebody mentioned it in the meeting. So... So yeah, so I'm telling this guy in my mind, in my my scenario, that, you know, nobody's helping me. I'm doing it myself. And do you know why nobody is helping me? And do you know why I don't pick up the phone and call my sponsor? Well, the answer to that is this. I don't have a sponsor yet. That's it. That's what the whole shield is working its way up to. Dun, dun, dun. Well, then. If you don't have a sponsor, why, why don't you let me be your sponsor? Would you like me to be your sponsor? So my therapist says, look, dude, you don't have to get so in-depth. You don't have to lay it all out there. You don't have to be so long-winded. Just say, "I'm." this is me. Uh, would you please be my sponsor? Yada, yada, yada. And just be done with it. You don't have to go into the this- whole long, drawn out, you know, pretense. You you don't have to do all that. Your thoughts are your thoughts. What's going on in your own mind is yours to keep. You don't have to spill it out there for everybody in the world to know about. Just keep your personal stuff personal. It's okay. You don't have to be an open book. You really don't. People can't look at you and see the evil inside. Just put your best foot forward and do what you can. You're trying to sell yourself, after all. And if you're not trying to sell yourself now, you're going to have to try to sell yourself a little bit later on. You can't feel so incredibly guilty that you have just no self-confidence whatsoever. So that's it. That's why, you know what, my uncle doesn't need to know about all this shit. I don't need to include him on all this terrible, terrible stuff. He doesn't need to know the facts. (sighs) That being said, I still kinda wish I had some listeners.
1: Um, oh well.
0: It's weird. In this kind of business, uh, I would say that um, it would be nice to get some listeners once in a while to see somebody who's like, hey, this is really cool. There was a, a comedian, I don't even remember his name, and he was on talking to Jim and Sam in the morning, and he's got, his, he's got a podcast called the, the Stupid Little Podcast, I think it's called. And again, I don't remember this comedian's name. But he's got lots of episodes, lots of good topics, things to talk about, and a lot of jokes. (laughs) I don't know why, if you're a comedian, why you want to put your jokes out there. You should save that for your your stand-up. I I wouldn't want to just put all my stand-up material online for other people to listen to. What if if they could listen to that and then they go to my show and they're like, Hey man, this is all old. This material is not new. So, I, I like the idea of being funny, and what is interesting about that is that what I just said about this being open and honest, and talking about my interaction with my therapist, well I, I actually said most of that, well I said all of that plus a little bit more um, at the Narcotics Anonymous meeting yesterday and I made a point to try to get a laugh. Try to get a laugh. I'm actually using this group of people um, as kind of a conduit for me to try my stand up and try and get people to, to laugh. And this is the second time in a row that I've, I've done that. Um, the first time, I don't remember, but there's this chick, Gal, who always sits right across the circle from me. And I seem to be able to get her to laugh. Oh, God, I forgot what it was the first time. If I, if I can remember it, I'll, put it I'll, I'll mention it next time. So, yeah, this is kind of a good idea I came up with to, to try out my stand-up somehow. I'm going to keep trying to try a joke every single time. <laughs> every time I do uh, a Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Because the guy who uh, was sitting next to me, the one who kind of, like, mentioned about being isolated, selfish, and kind of wrapped up in his own world, which is exactly what I had going on, um, he actually said, I thought that was funny. He told me it was funny. So, hey, I've never been the funny guy or, or if I was the funny guy, it was like way like in fourth and fifth grade and stuff, and it died out. And I didn't, I wasn't funny in my, my teenage years, and certainly not my adult years, I don't think. There was a moment in time when I thought I was funny, but, but um, and that was cool. But it went away. I'm, I don't consider myself funny now, but... When I put my mind to it, and I think of a a joke, and I work on it, and I try and like formulate a train of thought that leads to people laughing, I've been getting, this is the second time I've gotten some success with that, so I, I don't know, I kind of like the idea of doing a routine. I mean, I'll do my material, but I'll just be like... Uh, that episode of Family Guy when Brian is reading it off of his phone, all of Stewie's jokes that Stewie came up with. Remember that episode, everybody? Okay, but that's that's what it'll be like. It'll just be like me reading my my material like off a piece of paper. And I'll, I'm totally willing to do that. I think I'll get a couple laughs. I really do. Um, i I've been listening to Nicky Polo. You know, as you know. Listening to Nick DiPaolo a lot, even though he's off the air right now. I mean, I don't see any activity from him from Twitter or anything. I think he probably should be in a real deep depression right now. I'd be impressed if he's, if he's rallying from getting fired at this point. You know, if he's come up with some other way to make a living or another job or another radio show or something by now. But if it were me... I'd be curled up in a ball in my living room. He's probably waiting till the the, uh, Stanley Cup Finals are over before he decides to do something. It's going to be a long, shitty summer for him if he is as messed up as I think he is. I think he gets a little depressed. I think he mentioned that he takes some uh, antidepressants now and then, now and again. But then there's Jim and Sam. Jim Norton. It's a. He's a comic who worked with Andrew Dice Clay. And they have comics on the show. Some of them. I don't know who the hell they are. Um. I can't even remember some. Like big names. Voss. Something Voss. Rich Voss. Is a big name. I think it's Rich Voss. And. It's been some of the uh, the promoters, like the club promoters, on some of these radio programs, and they talk about the business like it's like it's a real job, like it's hard work, like you have to pay your dues, and you have to have this reputation that precedes you. You have to like know people. And you have to have some long history of working at these clubs, these certain clubs. You know, back when, you know, back when Jerry Seinfeld was on stage, I'd be backstage and blah blah blah. Or Colin Quinn talking about he heard people on stage when he was in the green room or the back room or dressing room, whatever they call it. But I don't think it's all that. I really don't. I think you just stand up, open mic. The guy who uh, has the stupid little podcast, he's been doing stand-up for six years. I've never heard of him, but is he making a living? I don't know. This is the guy who was, his set was interrupted by Amy Schumer because um, she was trying to practice her SNL monologue, and so she interrupted this comedian, which was kind of unheard of. He didn't care. It didn't affect his set in any way, shape, or form, really. In fact, he was doing what's called crowd work. He was talking to the crowd, and he, I think he said it was getting a little stale. And then I think he appreciated the fact that Amy Schumer came up on the side of the stage and was like, Hey, it's I'm Amy Schumer. Can I just do a couple, uh, can I do ten minutes? You know, she was just in the moment. She was feeling it. And she wanted to... To work on her Saturday Night Live monologue material, which now that I didn't watch it last night, I was was freaking busy yesterday. Um, I she was on Saturday Night Live last night, and I think based on what I saw, it's trending. And she sucked. She's getting a lot of like blowback. People did not like her set or her monologue, her jokes, they're saying she wasn't, she's not funny, and I actually do think she's funny, her show was funny, but it was funny in a Dave Chappelle kind of way. Dave Chappelle had a hilarious TV show, I could watch it forever, I loved it, I completely loved it. There are other actors on there that... I haven't seen elsewhere, but they're still funny There's actors that I don't know their names. Um, yeah, they were great. The show was great. And Gabe Chappelle is hilarious. And he's, no, he's famous for being a good comic. He's a very good comic. But I don't think it's that hard. I'm sorry. I said it. I said it. I don't think it's that hard. I think it's, you get up there. I mean, 90% of it is just going to be the fact that you showed up. You showed up to do a set at some uh, skid marks in Buffalo. Get up there and... I guess it kind of sucks that people have... They could... um, They could uh, heckle you and stuff. I had... I know I had something in mind for if the heckler heckled me, I could just. Hey, this is my first time up here on the stage. Why don't you stay, stay right there, and I'll, uh, we'll get together after the show, and you can give me pointers. Since you're so much better at this than I am. Hey, it's not so bad. But yeah, it was something like that. Like, hey, meet me after the show. You can t- show me how to do this. Yeah, I don't, I'm not doing such a great job. Why don't you meet me after the show and, and you can show me how it's done, tough guy. I think I could handle, I just, I want to be able to handle a, a heckler if and when it happens, which it will happen. You know, evidently, you get up on stage and you tell a joke and people don't laugh the uh, stupid little podcast guy was talking about how he had his note card. He had like a piece of paper with like, I guess his, kind of like his jokes or something on it. And it was on a stool that was kind of like five steps behind him. And he would tell the joke and there'd be like a little bit of clapping or laughter or something. But then by the time he walked back from the stool to the microphone, the laughter had stopped, the clapping had stopped, so there was an awkward silence, like a pause every time. And So you have to, I would have to know what to do in that moment. Oh, I'm so glad you guys stopped clapping. I love it when people stop clapping or laughing at me. That's, that's really what we comedians live for. When the laughter stops, that's the good stuff. That's what we get paid for. Oh, and I can make it keep happening. Just watch and see. Yeah, preparing for that kind of, uh, that sort of, having that kind of contingency ready to go, that would be good. Be prepared for those sorts of events. But yeah, I'd like to be prepared for a heckler. I don't think the good comedians really are... (laughs) <laughs> great off-the-cuff um, being able to deal with hecklers, but they probably have something already in mind. Like, oh my god, if a heckler says something, I'm going to just automatically say this. Just like I just did. Say, uh, thanks buddy. I'm glad you chimed in. Maybe next week I'll go to your, your work and heckle you. That's the Seinfeld thing. I can't, I cannot rip off Seinfeld material, man. I'll probably get castrated and then hung. I'll get lynched right there. Seinfeld is sacred. But I did have something in my act that said... Oh, look at this guy, he's doing a cereal joke. Who the fuck does he think he is, Jerry Seinfeld? Hey, man, Jerry Seinfeld doesn't own cereal jokes. We all eat cereal. Just some of us smell like shit when we eat real. Or when we drink milk, I don't know something like that. Just some of us are lactose intolerant. Okay, we gotta have almond milk. Hope that's not a problem. Doesn't count. I don't use milk. And what's the deal with all that? That we're supposed to be able to not. We're supposed to be able to give up milk when we're, like, adults. Adults are not supposed to drink milk. It makes sense, and it's something that I learned in, like, my health classes and stuff, my courses and college courses. But, no, you're not... Milk is for, for baby animals. It's not for humans to be drinking milk. Like, you're stealing that milk from some poor baby cow somewhere. And some baby cow who's like, Where the... What the hell happened to my milk? Hey, that's not bad. All right, so, I mean, these jokes keep coming. The funny never stops. All right, speaking of never stopping, i got to stop this segment. It's gone on way too long. Um, But I did. I wanted to put it out there that even though part of me wants to uh, have my uncle listen to these podcasts that I'm doing, I don't think... It's absolutely necessary for me to, to just advertise my you know, shit to the world. I'm in a bad spot, I'm not happy, and it pisses me off, man, when I get these other guys in the, in the Narcotics Anonymous class, uh, I keep calling it a class, Narcotics Anonymous uh, meeting talking about their problems, like they have white people problems. This guy is in Narcotics Anonymous for over 20 years and he's complaining about the new co-workers that he has to train at work. Dude, fuck you. You are making three times what I make in an hour. Stop bitching. Stop acting like your life sucks. It doesn't suck. All you have to do is not use drugs, and that's what I'm not doing. I'm not using drugs. I'm not getting paid fifty bucks an hour. Fuck you. Everybody's like, "Oh, dude, uh, I had." Yeah, you know, I think that my biggest hang-ups are about money and employment. I mean, it's really employment. This is a lot about your your identity. My identity is wrapped up in my profession, and it's, it's all fucked up right now. And even though I had this great, motivating feeling a little while back, a few was last week, when my therapist and I had that that meeting, um, that appointment, we called the Arizona State Board of Nursing and basically got the. This response that said, yeah, go ahead and and apply for reissuance of your license. Go do it. Now's the time. It's time to do it. And we were both really relieved to hear that. And I was very encouraged. But I haven't done shit about it, you know, because the next day, school, take my kids to school, and then I had to work, and then I, you know, then I had to get ready for the weekend, and then I just never get anything accomplished. So that's my goal, everybody. The light at the end of the tunnel. Now I really will take a break. If I have something else to say, if there's anything left to say, we'll do it. We'll do it in just a bit. All right. All right. Here we go. Pause, pause, pause. Thank you for listening. That all sounded very hacky and started to sound a little bit corny. Um, that's not what I'm looking for. Not at all. It's not what I want. Um, so I gotta go easy on the dumb jokes and just please keep in mind when you hear me saying these jokes that I'm, I'm just trying to throw them out there. I'll listen to them again and I'll work on them. I just wrote down one, I'm gonna, see now here I go, I want to put all my jokes out there now. But, you know, I was talking about being heckled, and what it's gonna be like when I get heckled. I'm gonna be like, you suck, and be like, uh, oh, see, like, I already lost it, I was gonna say something about, you know, this is like when I catch shit, you know, you don't have to tell me, oh god, this sucks, man, okay somebody says you suck (laughs) and I say oh this is like when I'm riding my gay little motor scooter around town people will be like walking along on the sidewalk and be like you suck or fag and I'll be like hey at least I'm not the one who's walking but I'm bummed I mean that is a joke it's a response to a heckle but it's a joke and it sucks so bad it requires a lot of tweaking and work. So that, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I need to hear these things out loud and see just how bad they sound. Because that one sounds really bad. It's like all over the place, disjointed, and makes very little sense. And I have to qualify the fact that I'm on a motor scooter, and they're walking, and then I have to say walking again. It's just so bad. But I know there's a way to reword it so that it's going to sound right. Uh, um, what else? Um, I thought there was something else I was going to talk about. Now I'm not so sure. Um. I don't know. Oh, I know what. You guys. I find that I'm doing these podcasts right off the bat when I get to work because um, I do them when my mind is sort of clear. I wake up not having looked at any kind of social media. I mean, I took a peek at Twitter before I did this. And I don't know if you're like me, but I really am not super thrilled about what i read on twitter and you know because you've been following my podcast like a dedicated servant you just you know everything that's going on with me you know that i don't watch i don't do anything with facebook i don't i don't want to see facebook and that is the worst the worst And I know that I'm, I know that it's, like, pervasive in society. Some of you people are listening to this while you're on Facebook. Like, even though this, when I'm recording this now, I'm not putting it on Facebook because I said some shit about the State Board of Nursing that I don't want to put out there for my former nursing colleagues to know about. Like, meaning how much I'm unhappy with them. I guess that's putting it mildly. Um, But Facebook is terrible and it's so pervasive in our society that and I do ride my, my queer little motorbike my scooter around Peoria and I have for a couple years now. I had two different ones. But um, I'll look at the car driving next to me and there are women who are driving with their faces looking down into their laps. I mean they're actually in a moving vehicle in traffic and they're actively looking down. They're not looking at the road. Every single time there's a red light, or even a stop sign, or anything, you women, what the fuck, what the fuck with your phones, put those fucking things away, my god, you cannot even, you can't stop looking at your phones, you just can't do it, some of you ladies are cute, don't get me wrong, but you are so annoying. Cause you're just looking at your phone. You have it in your hand, up to your mouth. Cause you can't. Who the fuck are you talking to? You're. You're. You ju- I, I mean, I'm a. I'm a guy. I'm a typical guy. I think. I don't. I don't speak. I don't speak very much. When I'm doing these podcasts, this is way more than I talk on a regular basis. I hardly ever talk to anybody. And you ladies are constantly talking. Evidently, you're you're constantly talking. I just can't get over the whole. The phone is, it's like, ugh. And I'm being so stereotypical just saying this, but it's like it's glued to your hand. You you can't do anything without your phone. So obviously you're on Facebook, because that's the thing that you ladies like to do.
1: And, I don't know. It's just
0: unbelievable. It's unbelievable that you guys, you just can't drive your car without having your phone ready to go. And you're checking your your stuff, you're updating, that means you have like a data plan. Or you have Wi-Fi in your car. I mean, if I did as much checking and updating on my Facebook and Twitter and all that shit as you ladies do, then I would be out of data, like, the first week of every pay period. Like, I would be, it would be gone in a heartbeat. So you must be paying for unlimited data. And is that, is that the scam? You guys are paying for all this unlimited data, your, your your phone plans? I've got you, like, locked in at $90 a month for unlimited data, or texting. Now please tell me you're not texting. It's gonna kill us. Alright, and that just sounds like a very old person bitching about young people but fuck it, alright, I am, I'm over 40, so I'm in that age range, I think 45 is the real age range, but but damn, dude, alright, I don't know what else I can talk about, summer's here, Uh, don't take any classes during the summer, because my three kids are out of school, so I can't really get a lot done, when they're, when they're there with me. Oh, I already talked about this. When the guy was building a shed next door and I was taking a college math class and all I heard was banging. And that was a lot of times that was happening right after I worked a graveyard shift. I'd be working all night, come home, trying, I don't know what I was thinking, trying to study at that time. But my kids would be, I don't even know where my kids were, but I'd be upstairs in my room and I'd hear banging going on the whole time I was taking a college math class. And I got a, I thought I said I got a B in that class, but I think I got a C. Which is probably good enough considering somebody was fucking banging the whole time. And they're not newlyweds. I'm talking about a hammer. That was a Rodney Dangerfield joke, by the way. Alright. So, I think that's it for today. I don't have any great stories to talk about other than... I do have just a little story about... When, in 2009, after a long time of of nagging, my wife convinced me that we could move, she, me, our cat, and our one-year-old, could move to Ohio, where she's from, so that she could be closer to her mom. It was a long trip. And just about as soon as we got there she went out with her mom and left me with the baby and Bob. Bob is like Almer Fudd kind of guy. He's 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 a former Air Force pilot, something or other, and there's like no way this guy can get along with any male human being. He drives them all away. He did it to me. But, um, when my wife and my mother-in-law came back from being out, I, like, laid into her and I just made myself a complete ass. I'll never forget what a, what a jerk I was. Everybody was crying. It's like we had just got there and I ruined it. Totally, totally ruined it. It was awful, absolutely awful. And we had our house in Phoenix, Arizona at the time. And this is 2008 2009. So, like, the housing market was shit. And we were going to sell our house while we were in Ohio, which we did. We made a small $20,000 profit. Because. You know I was blowing the whole thing up while we were there this wasn't this wasn't working out well for anybody we were all miserable the poor kid even got hand foot and mouth disease while we were there <clears throat> but we ended up coming back because that was the only way that I was gonna be happy and uh, with our $20,000 down payment, we got a kick-ass house in Peoria. Because by the time we moved back to Arizona, the housing market wasn't better. It was actually worse for sellers. For buyers like us, uh, things were pretty good. So we bought this house. We put, a, we put a, uh, uh, an offer on it before we even saw the thing because it was that good. And so we buy it, we move in, and I was the first one there. And it was a Thursday night, the place was dark, I opened it up, the key, put my stuff on the kitchen island and I hear this thunderous like, it sounded like a freight train coming through the house. I didn't know what the hell was going on. It sounded like an earthquake or I didn't know what it was. Turns out it was jet airplane flying directly over the house and then another one and then another one and then another one I don't know how many but I think it was four maybe only four. Nowadays there's a lot more than four at a time but I'm standing there thinking we just moved back here bought this house and moved in nobody like if you have a house that backs up to a busy road you know that's in the conversation with the realtor that's something that you guys discuss it even has to do even has an impact on the amount that the house is, is worth you take the value of the house and you decrease it by 10% if it's backing up to a busy road that has a lot of road noise. I know that now. But during the process of us buying this really nice house in Peoria, nobody thought to mention the fact that there's a, a, a Air Force flight path that goes directly over the house that like literally shakes the windows. Nobody mentioned that. Nobody. I found that out on the first night that I moved in. Now, the only good thing about it is that it doesn't happen all the time. It's just occasional. So, we're okay with it. And even sometimes it's kind of cool to see the F-35s go overhead. In fact, every time... uh, it would be nice if every time, but the idea is that with my, uh, my uh, app that is an investment app, there's, uh, stocks that are invested in defending America, they're so stocks related to, like, government spending and stuff, and so... I would like to invest more. I put a little bit more money in that particular stock bundle when I have a whole bunch of these planes going overhead because I figure well, that's more money that the government just spent on jet fuel. That shit can't be cheap, right? Hey, what's up? So, okay, that's the story about that. happened to my phone? What the hell happened to my phone? And so yeah, I think I'm just going to let it go and let that be the end of all this for now. End on this bum song. Shit, what the what happened to my performance anxiety right now, so I'm going to just wrap it up. I'll do a, a conclusion in a minute. So my boss came by and I got all shy and I didn't want to continue with my my conversation about my house and all that. Um, But yeah, that was basically it. We moved into the house. And the night I moved into the house, I learned that it was right in the flight path of the U.S. Air Force. And, you know, that was before the F-35s came out. And they were like uh, F-18 or F-16 or whatever was going by. And those were really, really loud. And there was speculation, at least on my part, of how loud the F-35s were going to be because they hadn't been out yet. And everybody said that they were going to be louder than the F-16s, and they're really not. They're about the same, if not a little bit quieter, which I kind of predicted. I mean, if you're going to build a brand new aircraft, why would you not try to make it a little quieter? You know, it's supposed to be kind of a stealthy thing. Eh, I don't know, but they're, they're interesting to look at, but, I mean, what, what do they, I don't know, I guess if you're a pilot, you can kind of say, hey, this plane is the shit, but I just wanted to clarify another little thing, the app that I have is called Stash, I know you've heard about that. A lot of you have Stash, but there's a there's the bundle of stocks that are all associated with Defending America. So it's you know investment in our armed forces, which, don't get me started, okay, about how much a bloated, runaway military spending budget can just make a person crazy. Um, and then just getting back to another point from earlier where I come to work and I start doing the podcast without listening to shit like, well, I mean, I won't listen to uh, the Jim Norton show or something, but we're going to be talking about current events. I don't listen to CNN because they're going to be shitting on the president, which, I mean, he deserves it, but I'll be hearing about all the fucking shit that the president did. Who's pussy he grabbed and who's he decided to try and ruin somebody's career and lied about this. So it gets me all worked up. And I don't really need my show to be political. People love this president. That's all I'm going to say. People love this guy. Nick Apollo, he was a big fan. And then lastly... The guy with the stupid little podcast is Brandon Sagalow. And so, yeah, Brandon Sagalow. That's the guy who was, um, his set was interrupted by Amy Schumer last week, and he didn't seem to really give a crap. A lot of people were saying he should be mad and blah, 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 and make a big deal about it, and he didn't make a big deal about it. It's kind of good he did not make a big deal about it. Because then it would have been a big deal. And then there'd be blowback against him. I think he was really smart in just being like, okay fine. I guess in these modern times that just means you're being a pussy. So he was being a pussy. But look, look at him now. He's not dealing with any shit. He's not dealing with any crap. Just for the fact that he decided to just be like, okay, fine, whatever. I don't care. I like that. That's that's a good attitude. There's a lesson to be learned there. And so, we talked about the crappy music that they play here at, at my job. You know how many times I've heard The Love Shack? I was done listening to that song in the 80s. I also get to hear the She blinded me with science song from Weird Science. is annoying. just so much crap. One of these days, I'd like to get Shazam so I can just, like... You know, I was gonna make YouTube videos way, way back like a year... Way back like a year and a half ago when my buddy Steve was working alongside me. Um, you know, we're both old guys, and we know music, I mean, we've listened to it our whole lives. He's a drummer, I'm a saxophone player, we know how to play music. And so, yeah, we couldn't help but be a little critical of some of the shit that we were listening to over these speakers. Not only that, but kids nowadays, there's so many covers. Do you really have to cover Billy Joel? Who really needs to cover Billy Joel? I mean, he, he did it himself. He doesn't need somebody to, like, put an exclamation mark on it. I don't even know what song it was. I think New York State of Mind. I mean, write your own fucking music, people. But, uh, the plan was that we were gonna do some, like, a YouTube videos, like a YouTube channel where we just try and shit on people who play quote unquote unquote, play these terrible songs and they're famous they're famous they're rich they have record deals and all this for making bad music so we were going to call them out on that that never happened but the dream is not dead uh if i get shazam or one of those apps where I can, you know, find out who these people are. I like it when I do know who they are. Like the version, I will say the uh, um, the version of uh. Nah. Oh God, I don't remember what it is now, by Maxi Priest. Um, there's a song by Maxi Priest. It's a cover. And let's see if I can look it up. Uh, Wild World. Wild World by Maxi Priest. <laughs> That's the best cover of that song. It's better than the original, I think. That's my opinion. And they play that one all the time, which I like that one, it's a good song. They play, um, what is that one, Adventure of a Lifetime by Coldplay, that's a good song. I didn't know what the name of that song was for a while, I had to go home and look that up. And speaking of looking things up, one of these days, I really will, I will, I um, do a little research on how this whole podcast works. There's so much more I want to do. And so please stay tuned for better episodes. Um, and that's about it. I think I might try to do uh, one where I connect with a co-host. I could do that tonight. But that would mean that you'd have to be awake in the wee hours of the morning, mountain standard time, otherwise known as Arizona time. It's cool, we're the only place that, we're one of the only places that's, well, the hottest place on the planet, and also we don't change our time zones. We don't spring forward and we don't fall back. And this song that's playing right now is a perfect example of a crappy song. This guy's got a weird little voice, and I think he thinks he's cute, but he's, it's just unremarkable. It's just very unremarkable, and just, this song's gonna go on for like a minute and a half longer than it should. All right, so let's do a little pause here. I'm going to try and connect with uh, another personality. See if we can get some back and forth going. I think that sounds like a good idea. I'm gonna make this a hell of a lot more interesting. And now's a good time. Because, did I just see Steve? Now's a good time to do it, and because and there's not a whole lot of people here. Hey, Steve. What's up, man? I'm just wrapping up a podcast. Cool. Do you want to say hi to all my all my awesome fans who are listening like with bated breath? They can't hi. wait.
1: I'm ready to go to work. Can I go home now? Yeah.
0: And you don't drink any rock stars or anything, do you? No,
1: I'm not in the average drink. never worked.
0: Yeah, I've been actually cutting back. Like, every night I'd come.
1: too much stimulation. I don't need all that sugar being hyperactive. You'd
0: be knocking shit over like an idiot.
1: I think
0: i can just getting too now. <laughs> you
1: would be, t- be like be like one of them fuckers who has been up for 9
0: days. Yeah, I know, you would. What's be. Up, motherfucker? I was telling I was telling the floor guy about throw some toilet paper. <laughs> the easy easy guy. I was telling the uh, floor guy about yeah, don't be tweaking too hard. Martin? Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, I told him the story in Spanish how when I was a student nurse, I was working in the ICU. Uh a like really cool place and there was a, a, a male nurse who was an old timer kind of a guy yeah. who I was following he was kind of showing me this and that. Really weird just kind of spending time doing nothing. And I was drinking tons of Red Bull because I could buy him in the uh, cafeteria with my badge. I could just swipe my badge and so I was, buy- yeah. I was drinking these Red Bulls like crazy. Yeah. And he had never had any. Ever. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, just try it. Just try it once. And, um,
1: and now he's a junk.
0: No. What happened was he he, he did, he drank one, and he was tweaking all over the place. He was all jittery. And there was one point where there was like a metal tray of instruments. He really did like the thing where he like going boom and the whole thing. Like all the instruments went flying. It was this huge, loud crash in the ICU with this metal tray hitting the ground. I was I was cracking up. I thought it was hilarious, but he was, it was like never again. It was like he was on crack. It was the funniest thing. I ruined his day, dude. I ruined that guy's day big time.
1: Way to go, man! Yeah.
0: It was awesome. All right, let's let's stop right there. Uh, we'll stop right there at uh, 12 minutes. And oh, yeah, I'm going to try and connect with another personality. It's good to have my buddy Steve on the show. Way to go, Steve. Have a good day. Stand your ground. Back after this. That's Adventure of a Lifetime by Coldplay. I told you about this song. It's good, it's a good song. All right, you probably can't hear it too well. It's pretty far away from the speaker, but I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna do like I said. I'm trying to connect with another personality. Here, Oz goes. Stay tuned. This is going to be something exciting. I now. Yeah, that sound means failure. You can't just uh, search for random people, which would be nice. You could just search for put yourself out there and somebody's like, oh yeah, cool, I'll, I'll go on your show, I'll be a guest or a host that sounds like a good idea. No, that's not how this works. It has to be somebody from your contact list. Well, I don't want to be doing that. No way. So we will uh, have to work on that I might have to come you know, make contact with some of these other podcasters and see if I can put, maybe put them in my contacts and then I can you know ask them if they want to do part of a show with me but Jesus who the hell is gonna be able to do that at four o'clock in the morning Arizona time. Mm, I can't think of too many people who are going to be able to do that, honestly. So uh, good luck with that, dude. I think this is the third Coldplay song as in- well, oh, by the way. Unless this is Dave Matthews, you can never really tell the difference between the two of them. Yeah, this is Dave Matthews. Okay, so I, I guess I can I can tell the difference. Okay, well, I've gone on and on and on and on. I've talked about a lot of things. Um, this has been like a two-and-a-half-hour podcast. So I think should just be done for right now. I'm, I Sometimes I don't want to stop because I'm afraid that I just won't be in the mood to do it. You know, I would never admit that I'm bipolar. I would never admit that. But I have my suspicions. But that's okay. I think everybody is bipolar, <laughs> not just me. I mean and the reason why I say that is like people get a little down and depressed. Alright, okay, maybe not everybody, but most people they get you know, they're not happy all the time. There's stuff that really bums you out. You wake up in a bad mood. And then other times you're like, woohoo. This is awesome! I love my life! And then ten minutes later you're like, oh. There was one idiot at the Narcotics Anonymous group yesterday who was kind of making that point and I, I'm surprised I, I heard it because when this idiot starts talking, I'm like, okay, here we go. He's going to go on and on. He's going to sit there. I mean, I'm blubbering and I'm going on and on, but at least I have something to say. He just sits there he's like, And, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, and, well, you know, he goes on and on like that for minutes at a time. Like, this is valuable time other people want to talk to. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. He was saying that one moment he was in a great mood on the phone laughing, singing, And then the next moment, he was yelling at somebody next to him. Fuck this guy, he's gross. Who cares? I don't care about him. He's gross. Even the gross people aren't as gross as he is. And he's like, it's weird. You can see the type A addict personality in this person because he's a nobody. But he still acts like he's somebody. I'm a nobody. I still act like I'm somebody. But at least I can form a coherent sentence. I can stream a stream of consciousness together and like, form a thought. This guy's just like, and, you know, and, um, you know. And he tries to be funny. Like me, I try to be funny. And he tries to be funny, and it just crickets. It sucks. He sucks so bad. I wish I could heckle him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I should keep that one. That's a good one. You suck so bad. I wish I could heckle you. I can't. We don't cross talk. It's a good thing we don't cross talk. I'm, like, ready to heckle you. You sucks so bad. That'll be the joke. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. All right, um, I'm gonna wrap it up. Like I always say, I'm gonna wrap it up, and uh, I'm gonna have to do something. Find out some way to. Maybe I can try to contact some weirdos tonight on the Anchor app, on oh, Instant Message. Stuff. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Thank you for listening. Great to see you. Hope to see you all very, very soon. Until then, good night. Thank you for listening to Chico Hunter's podcast.
1: Bye now. We have everything for perfect celebration.